Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Hi, this is PJ Ewing. You're listening to The Bee's Knees podcast. This is part two of a three-part series. I'm here with Halima Curry, PTA from Michigan. Hey, Halima. Hi, PJ. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Glad to have you back to talk more about Thanks. Thanks for having yeah. me. You are most welcome. I'm, I'm so excited that you're here. This is pre-surgery chat, part two of a three-part series, as I mentioned. We're going to talk today now about questions that we should all be asking our surgeon as we're interviewing them, shopping for a surgeon, or even if we've selected a surgeon, what do we need to know prior to the cycle the the weeks and days coming up to a surgery and all that stuff what should we be asking way in advance of our surgeon so i'm going to cede the floor to you dear halima take it away (laughs) all right sounds good um like like pj said what what kind of questions do you want to know about uh your surgeon um the best thing you could do as a as a patient seeking out a surgeon, you want to empower yourself. You want to empower yourself with knowledge. You That's the best way you can protect yourself from any kind of major mishap that you could have having surgery in general. And that doesn't necessarily go for joint, replace, joint replacement surgery. That goes for any type of surgery that you're having. So um, this is something that you can use no matter what type of surgery that you're having. And you want to make sure that you are aware and have, go in there, go into the surgery with their eyes wide open. So first thing you want to look into, um, first things first, you want to have find a surgeon that is approved by your insurance. Uh, so make sure that they have that they're affiliated with a hospital or with whatever hospital system that you use your 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 physicians for. That you find that surgeon that is uh, affiliated with that hospital and with your insurance. The last thing you want is for your surgery to not be paid for. So um, you want to make sure that you have that information. Uh, First, another thing you want to look into is confirm their credentials, uh, find out where they went to school, make sure they're board certified in orthopedics or any other certifications that go along with joint replacement surgery. Um, Find out if they've had any malpractice reprimands, any kind of legal uh, issues that that are attached to them over the years, um, and you know, always look on their website. Most surgeons have a web, basic website that you can go on to and find out where, you know, look at those uh, patient reviews that are coming, that come in. Some, um, those are the types of things you want to look for. Um, and one that's kind of a written but an unwritten rule is ask around to your friends and relatives and acquaintances. Find out who did their knee replacement or hip replacement hip replacement surgery. Uh, sometimes the, the best referral is word of mouth. You can get the unedited, un, uh, uninhibited uh, review of that surgeon. You can get an idea of what their bedside manner may have been or, you know, how they responded if that person had an issue. You want to look at – you want to hear those types of things going into it and see – and how their office was run, and see if that's that type of atmosphere that you want to be a part of. Um, and once you do that, um, you're usually okay, and you go in, make your appointment. Um, do not be alarmed, especially some of the 
the higher-ranked surgeons if you have longer waiting times to, to get an appointment. Um, I know one of our surgeons in the hospital system I used to work in, he had like a three- to six-month waiting list. So some people could wait that long. If your knee's not doing that, doing that bad, if you want to wait that long, go right ahead. Um, but if you need to get in there sooner, there's always other surgeons that you could get in sooner too. So, um, and I'm sure they're, they're just as reputable. They just have, tend to have a shorter waiting list. It, you know, it's, it's up to you. However, just make sure that you have your questions ready for that surgeon. Once you've done your legwork, then you can, you can, once you get into their office, you can ask them the questions that, they, that you want to ask to them. Okay, sure. Lima. I am so ready for you. <laughs> I am so ready for this question. I have a lot okay. to say. I am not a PTA, a fancy PTA like Halima with all of mm-hmm. her marvelous education, but I have a lot to say on this topic. So everyone who is um, listening to this right now, if you're not listening to it maybe on the Extend Therapy website, you should go there. Click the episode uh, notes or episode show page on your podcast app. If you're listening on Knee Radio 1, Go to X10Therapy.com and look up Prehab with Halima, and you will find this uh, blog post because we have a download for you. We have a full PDF with all kinds of questions that you can print out and take to your surgeon. There's a lot of the, uh, there are a lot of the questions listed here on this page on our X10 Therapy site. So you want to go to X10 Therapy and you want to find this blog and and, and read it and, and look at some of the downloads. You also want to do two more things. One is you want to um, go to extentherapy.com on the homepage, go to the bottom, sign up for our pre-surgery email series. It's not for Xtent patients. It's for everybody who's going to have a knee replaced. At the bottom of the homepage, extentherapy.com, just like it sounds, click sign up, get going. Do it three, four, five weeks pre-surgery because we've got a whole curriculum of exercises and interviews and content for you. And you don't have to use this X10 knee machine, whatever that is, to get a lot out of that series. So that's a really great resource. And then thirdly, we have the most marvelous people on Facebook. If you're having one knee done, you go to Knee Surgery Recovery and Rehab. It's a private discussion group. Get in there, sign up, we'll let you in, and you start asking questions and get the information that you need. If you're doing both knees at once, we have a bilateral knee surgery recovery, your best recovery. Look that one up. You'll find uh, that group or another group, and you should join a group on Facebook and ask questions about two knees at once. Okay, so that's my, hey, everybody, there's a lot here for you beyond the wonderful words of Halima that you can go and start to explore. Now, Halima, here's what yes, I have to talk to you about, okay? Okay. Questions, and I want to ask you what you think. If I'm, if I'm going a little bit too much into the weeds, or maybe these should be, you know, things to consider, okay? Mm-hmm, when I mm-hmm. think about what to ask a surgeon, the first thing I think about is manipulation under anesthesia and infection. Mm-hmm. What are the mm-hmm. incidences, Doc? I'm looking at you in the eye right now, surgeon. Mm-hmm. How many mm-hmm. MUAs do you have out of 100? Mm-hmm. I need a number right now. I'll wait. Okay, Doc? Mm-hmm. Go find it. Mm-hmm. PA, physician's assistant, somebody tell me. I need a number. Mm-hmm. What kind of infection rates do you have? out of your Mm -hmm. own surgeries, and out of the hospital that you use, okay? Mm -hmm. Hey, Doc, do you use a surgical center, or do you use an awesome hospital like your Beaumont, Halima? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you might want to know. So many people are going to surgical centers. I'm not saying it's bad. 
but it's not a hospital. It's a surgical center. It may be okay. outpatient. You may be coming home that day. Folks, you yes. need to know that. You, you're, mm-hmm. if, you're expecting, oh, well, I'm going to stay over, and then you know, the next day or two come home. Oh, my gosh, wait a minute. He's going to do it that day. Fine. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but you need to know that. Um, am I okay. coming home directly right after the surgery that day? Am I going to spend the night? You know, you want to really ask about all the mechanics of, okay. you know, the yeah. process, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I also, am I crazy or am I getting excited or is that no, a question? No. Fair? No. I would, I would, those are very fair questions. I okay. would lead with the first one where you asked about where am I having my surgery? Mm-hmm. that's going to be one of those things you really want to ask. There are some surgeons that, and that, uh, the, whether or not you'll have it at an outpatient surgery center or whether you'll have it at the hospital, sometimes that depends on the surgeon. Sometimes that depends on your medical history. So there's two different ways to look at that. Um, mm-hmm. Some who have a, if you have a history of some, you know, minor heart issues or some, you know, you may not respond as well as you had to other procedures and they, you know, they tend to watch you a little bit, then they might do, they might, you still may go home the same day, but you, they may want to do it at the hospital just to be on the safe side. Uh, surgery center tends to be, and this is a very, maybe overgeneralizing, but some of those tend to be more for your quote unquote healthier patient, whatever that, whatever that criteria entails. But, um, that's usually where the surgery center may come into, into play. Um, but that would be my first question. And then you can go into the specific as, you know, what is your incident rates and, uh, in terms of infections and things of that nature and how often do your patients have to have manipulations under anesthesia, that type of thing. I will say this about manipulations under anesthesia. There are some things just based on the patient's DNA that just predisposes them to having scar tissue, having more buildup, more scar tissue. Sometimes those things happen, and sometimes it's just, you know, one of those things that happen in the healing process. Um, However, a lot of times what I'll say is that Put your work in at the beginning of the surgery, and a lot of surgeons will tell you this. We want you to work hard after they give you this thousands of dollars surgery. <laughs> you know, if you tend to be on uh, one of those patients who may not, who's afraid of pain, or they want to, you're not, you know, not tend to not want to. Well, I won't say it that way. If you tend to be a little bit more squeamish about the recovery process after surgery and surgical procedures because knee recovery is an active recovery. It's not one of those where you've had other types of surgery where you just kind of sit and lay and heal up. A little bit different. Knee recovery and even hip replacement recovery is an active recovery. So you want, you got to put a little bit of work and effort in after these types of surgery. So, um, if not, then that, that leads you down to road to manipulations under anesthesia. So there's a two, kind of two-edged, double-edged sword when it comes to that question. Um, but um, all those are very valid. Does not, it, does not, it should not put the surgeon on defense if they do. Might perk your ears up a little bit. But uh, 
Yeah, those should be you know, those are very valid questions. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny because I I can kind of get on attack mode. I have to be honest because yeah, I am on the phone all day long with people that didn't ask the questions you. and had trouble and are tear filled, and it's six mm-hmm. weeks later and it's all been a disaster and they need the X10 mm-hmm. to rescue them, and I'm I'm and they had no idea. They've never heard of manipulation under anesthesia. They didn't mm-hmm, know infection mm-hmm. was even a risk. They really didn't know mm-hmm. they were going to get home care or their therapy was delayed for three weeks for whatever reasons. And all these things mm-hmm. went wrong. And we all come to the conclusion, gee, I mean, this is, I mean, Halima, every phone call, gee, PJ, I really wish right. I knew I wish that I knew eight that. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. right now, on this, mm-hmm. this, this recording that Halima's doing for us, the attachments, the fact that you're listening to the Bees Knees podcast, or maybe you're listening to this on Knee Radio 1, these are all things that you're doing, I hope, before surgery. So you're preparing yourself to ask a lot of, and I do believe, maybe not defensive, but I do want to ask very mm-hmm. pointed, very specific mm-hmm educated questions there was an old uh, uh, and this is maybe just unique to new york i'm in new york halima's in michigan but in in manhattan there used to be a place called sims and the whole tagline for this clothier for men's and women's business clothes was an educated consumer is our best customer the -hmm. person the discerning eye you know is the one who finds Mm -hmm. the jewels of great clothing in our retail shop well, I think an educated knee replacement patient is the best patient of all because you Absolutely. will know what to look for, know what, what, what is a, mm-hmm. oh, that's fine, no biggie, uh-oh, that's a problem. You're kind of, you've done your homework, and that's what we're trying mm-hmm. to help you do, I think, right now. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, I always say an informed patient, you, I'd rather you, sometimes you don't, might not know exactly the right decision to make, but if you make an informed decision, then you're always you'll always pretty much lead yourself in the, in the right direction. Yeah. So I, got a I couple think that's more always, you. that's a good way. Sure. I got a couple more for you. Um, I mean, you, you, you t- walk me, talk me off the cliff here because I, I'm going to okay. kind of like, I've not had a knee replacement everybody. I may someday, but you know, hopefully not. We'll just have to see uh, a little overweight here. So I'm, I'm, I'm not doing everything best for my body and, and I'm 55. So yeah, it might be in my future. We'll see. But uh, so I haven't gone through this process myself, but I've just worked with so many people. So my next question uh-huh. is recovery goals. Doc, I need uh-huh. a very specific timeline. And he, he will he or she will balk at that because everyone's different. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I uh-huh. do want to know where's the red alert? Because, again, I'm talking to people that are six weeks post-surgery and it's all uh-huh. gone wrong and they're at 90 degrees. And the question is, PJ, is it too late uh, you know, do I have to have an MUA? Can I avoid an MUA? Where am mm-hmm. I? How am I doing? And I'm not really the right person to answer those questions. It's the surgeon. So you want to mm-hmm. know, Doc, hey, at two weeks, what kind mm-hmm. of range of motion should I have? Should I be at full extension? What kind of flexion should I have that you'd be happy mm-hmm. with, surgeon? And then at mm-hmm. three weeks and four weeks, where should I be? And, Doctor, where is the red alert? Oh, boy, this isn't going right. We're in trouble. Is it mm-hmm. at six weeks that you make those decisions? Because if a surgeon mm-hmm. makes decisions at six weeks or eight weeks or ten weeks, it's good to know that you've got that much time to get it right. Mm-hmm. If they're like, mm-hmm. oh, boy, if things aren't right by four weeks, we're going to manipulate that thing. Oh, gee, we better know that going in. Okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, Doc, you've seen my knee, and I know you haven't been in yet, and maybe you can answer mm-hmm. this after the surgery, but dear surgeon, what can I get in terms of my flexion, my bending of my knee? You know my mm-hmm. physiology, my weight, my 
pre-surgery condition, the, the surgeries mm-hmm. I've had in my knee beforehand. You know my knee better than any human being. And soon you're mm-hmm. going to be in my knee, poking around, mm-hmm. looking around, replacing it. Um, you know, are you going to be able to tell me what I'm going to n- reasonably be able to achieve in flexion mm-hmm. bending afterward? Mm-hmm. I-, I would love people to know the doctor said I could get to mm-hmm. 130. No problem. Full flexion. There's nothing mm-hmm. in the way. The knee looked clean. I want to know mm-hmm. that. I want to know that mm-hmm. uh, particularly, you know, you may not care before surgery, but boy, two or three weeks after surgery, you're really going to want to know what the surgeon's mm-hmm. opinion of your final achievements will be. I'll stop there. What do you think okay. about those? So those are very valid questions as well. The, the, the answer, my physical therapy answer to that, and maybe even the surgeon's answer, answer to that, the general answer would be it depends because, I say that because you're someone who is of a thinner stature um, with an arthritic knee as opposed to someone who has a heavier stature, heavier weight, more soft tissue around their knees, but still has, and has, a, has an arthritic knee, sometimes their goals are going to be different. Someone who's had trauma to their knee over X amount of years and had multiple arthroscopies and multiple scopes, I should say, or had multiple other traumatic surgeries, maybe they've damaged their knee and their femur from car accident, sometimes their mechanics and their internal structures are going to be different. And so when they get the knee replacement, they, there may be some limitations to that person. Doesn't mean they can't get a functional range of motion result. Um, and, may, and 130 may not be totally realistic for that person, but your patient who has, who is, you know, gone their whole life with their God-given knee, and then all of a sudden, you know, developed over arthritis over the years, and then getting their first knee replacement. Uncomplicated, those, um, and with a healthy weight and healthy um, body structure, are able to get zero one thirty. That would be the ultimate goal. In terms of timing, in terms of when the when it should be should raise a red flag. Generally speaking, this is really a very over, I might be overgeneralizing here too. Surgeons are not going to jump at manipulation before two to three months. Um, They're going to allow you to, they're going to allow you to work it. They're going to allow you to um, go to physical therapy. They're going to do a bunch of different things and, and explore a bunch of different opportunities for you to gain the range of motion, the X10 being one of them, um, to gain some more range of motion before they start talking about manipulation. Um, when they start talking about manipulation can vary, but I've, I've rarely heard them talking about manipulation probably before three months, and that's probably just generalizing. Um, so it really just depends on the person, the patient, uh, their body structure, soft tissue around those joints, previous history in terms of surgeries and traumas and things of that nature. Having said that, as a physical therapist, and most, most therapists should tell you this or would tell you this, going into whatever type of surgery and recovery that you are expecting, 
after they put that surgery, do that surgery, and they put that new prosthetic in, whatever regimen they have you on in terms of beginning your recovery, going to therapy, home therapy, whatever that protocol is, it is imperative, like I said before, it, the knee recovery is an active recovery. So you want to put your work in within that first month, barring any major complications. Yeah. Put your work in in that first month so that you set yourself up for success. <laughs> yep. You, I love you I, said that earlier, and I, I wanted to remark on it then. That's such a great phrase. Mm-hmm. It's so true, active recovery. Um, well, 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 well stated. So let me let me go yeah. through because I don't want to make this a, a three hour long call, and I know people have resources mm-hmm. on our webpage, and um, they're listening to this on the Bees Knees podcast. So there are a lot of other resources and other episodes. Knee Radio One. It's a, there's a whole pre mm-hmm. prehab series, noon to six every Saturday, uh, and that mm-hmm. runs forever. There's, there are two different pr- curriculums. One one Saturday, the following Saturday is different, and that mm-hmm. runs all the time every weekend knee-radio-the-number-one.com. You can listen to that live. It's a, it's a radio station running 24-7 for knee recovery. Sure. So, so let me ro- roll through um, a bunch of other questions, and you just pick those that you think are, are kind of relevant, okay? Okay. Uh, uh, so my other questions that I think are important just for people to think about as they're, they're interviewing mm-hmm. surgeons or pre-surgery, they've chosen their surgeon, they have that, that, th- those meetings. What can I do afterward? We talked a little bit about mm-hmm. this in the previous episode of this three-part series. Mm-hmm. Skiing, biking, mm-hmm. tennis, hiking, gardening. You know, what can I do, Doc? What, 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 mm-hmm. what are you going to not let me do and what can I do? How about mm-hmm. this? Do you do bilateral? What if I mm-hmm. decide to do two at once? Because there are a lot of surgeons that will absolutely not do it. And I've worked with mm-hmm. patients who said, I'm changing surgeons. He wouldn't do two. Mm. I want to get it done. Wow. And if, and if yeah. you're young and healthy or you've got a old and healthy or you just need uh-huh. both done at once and you want to do them at once, I'm telling you, I don't get a vote, but I vote yes if you're healthy. Get it done immediately. Uh-huh. The X10 is a great way to do that, mind you. But even uh-huh. if you don't use uh-huh. the X10, get it done. Get, it, get your life going. But some surgeons will not do that. And if you're so mm-hmm. wed to a surgeon and you really want to do bilateral and you decide to mm-hmm. change your mind maybe a couple of weeks beforehand, and the surgeon says, well, we, do, we just don't do that. I'm sorry. No. Get mm-hmm. another surgeon. Mm-hmm. Period. Get another surgeon. I, I know lots of people yeah. who have done that because this is yeah. your knee, your life, your decision, and sometimes bilateral is the thing you want to do. I've worked with lots of bilaterals before. Um, I have too, yeah. Have you? What do you think about the yeah. bilateral? The the bilateral discussion, I will say this. Over the years, I have seen them done less. I say in the last two to three years, I've seen them done less. Um, The patient that the the surgeon does the bilateral knee replacement on is the highly motivated, highly – Highly motivated patient. I'll just leave it at that. Highly motivated patient. They are they're they're not afraid to work hard. They are understanding that it's basically double the time to get back to where they are where they're going because you have both of them done um, at once. Um, it does take a these the the right patient to do two at once. The conversation that I hear a lot is when I have patients that get one done at a time, 
they're like, I don't know how people could ever do two at a time. So you got to consider that as well. You need to have to kind of consider that as well because if you do one at a time, you know, one of them at a time, and then, you know, you have a bad experience with the one, then, you know, are you going to regret not having two or are you going to delay having the second one done just because the first one didn't go well? So, Good point. It, it, uh, you know, it's, it, <laughs> it's, it's a funny one, but, you know, it's, this is like Republican and Democrat because uh-huh. uh, I, I have a, you know, we have a private discussion group on Facebook, bilateral group, 100, 100% say they would mm-hmm. do two again. Every single yeah. one. And yet other people say, I would, can't imagine doing two at once. And I don't, we're not going to be able to solve it on this chat. But I will say right. that you're right. For the motivated people, um, this is a way to get it done. Uh, let me ask you this, though, because I, I want sure. to take issue with your, your twice as long. Do you mean it would take eight weeks to recover from two knees and four weeks from one? Do you really mean like months, twice as many months to recover? Is that what you think? It, because you're, I would say, when I say twice as long, I mean the where you would be after one knee is going to take you a little bit longer because you got two. And mm-hmm. not each knee does not recover at the same rate. There's right. usually one that does a little better than the other. Yes. And so one's going to slow you up. <laughs> When you got yes. two done, yes, I agree with there's that. one that's going to slow you up more than the other one. So yeah. it may just take a little longer for you to get back to, quote, unquote, normal or a more normal walking pattern, that type of thing, as opposed to if you just had one yeah. done. Okay. I that's hear what I mean by twice as long. I hear you. I've heard uh, PTs say they like it when they do two because you can't cheat. You don't have a good knee to stand on. Ha, good ha, point. You've got two. Uh, that was interesting. I also oh, know yep. that that with the X10 machine, you have you mm-hmm. know two knees and you're doing left and right, left and right. It may mm-hmm. not be that you get three sessions in. You can't. You don't have time in your day to get three thirty-five. Yeah, that's a lot in one day. Mm-hmm. Right. So you may do fewer sessions, maybe slightly longer. So there's a little bit less therapy on the X10 machine that you might get on each knee because you're Correct. doing two. So there's a, it's a definitely a different thing. All right, let me go on, though, that, that we could spend, we probably could spend a lot of time on bilateral, but um, I will go on with other questions. Just pick those that you think are relevant. So um, okay. what knee brand do you use? Why do you use that brand of knee, Stryker, uh-huh. Dupuis, uh, you know, Smith & Nephew? Uh-huh. Blah, blah, blah. Are there any recalls with that knee brand? They happen. Uh-huh. I know people very recently who have had knees that are in their bodies that have been recalled. Oh, God, what do we do now? Um, and do I have a choice? Is there a, the, how about the female knee? There are female knees out there. How about mm-hmm. the conformist, the custom knee? What about a high-performance knee? What about a high-flex mm-hmm. knee? There are knee brands, everybody, and your surgeon is likely tied, is, not likely, will be tied to one brand and maybe mm-hmm. one knee. And you know what? You may have an opinion on that. You may not. Also, hey, I trust the doctor. He knows what he's doing. So I love his great reputation. I listened to Halima. I did all my research. Or you may say, well, wait a minute. I, I'm picking a doctor, but I'm also picking a company and a brand of knee. You want to know. I can't tell you, Halima, how many people I've asked. Well, all of them. Many thousands mm-hmm. of people on the phone. By the way, what brand do you have? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> nobody knows. Right, Honestly, right, right. Nobody. I mean, I think I one out of five, one out of ten. Nobody knows what's in their body, and you know, I think it can be relevant. It's not a, a biggie, but um, one more, a couple more. Then let me, and then I'll let, mm-hmm. let you uh, have the floor again. Um, 
What about mm-hmm. allergies to metals? When do you test stuff? Mm-hmm. Do, oh, should I be worried about allergies? How do you test? How do I know that I'm not allergic to what you're going to put into my body? That's happened to lots of patients. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. suddenly mm-hmm. they've got to have the whole thing pulled out, ceramic knees figured out. Good Lord. You don't want to be that person. Like, get, right. get a really good understanding of the, the, the testing. Um, right. I think that's really it. Uh, what do you think about those? Yeah. I don't have much to add to that because because every surgeon does use a different brand. Um, most of the products, I could be wrong about this, so don't quote me completely, but they're using less titanium, more plastic, or a plastic type of material because I believe there was some controversy with titanium implants or some other metal alloy with people with metal allergies. So um, I, I have heard some that, something about that, but you can ask, your, by all means, ask your surgeon what type they use, have there been any recalls. Um, if you have a metal allergy, definitely ask them. Um, but um, I don't have much to add to those okay. things, PJ. Okay. Those, are, those are all valid questions. Well, we have all of them for you. Uh, visit the episode webpage. Um, we'd love for you to print that out, use that as your guide when you're interviewing surgeons. I would also say, guess what? Interview your surgeons. Don't just go on mm-hmm. reputation on word of mouth. Go meet them. Yeah. Take a little mm-hmm. time. I know you're in pain. Mm-hmm. I know you want to get this done. And if you're like mm-hmm. me, you're not that patient. I'm not that patient. <laughs> I would want to make a decision and get it done and boom, boom, boom. But wisdom suggests that you do visit a few of them and ask them lots of questions. Take notes. Write it all down. Mm-hmm. You know, don't mm-hmm. make a quick decision. This is a big decision. You will do mm-hmm. fine. You will navigate your way through this. If you're listening to Halima and me right now, you're going to do well. You know how I know that? Because you're already doing your homework by listening to this podcast mm-hmm. or this radio show. So good Absolutely. for you. Um, use the resources that we have for you. Uh, the show notes, there'll be some links. Halima... This is great. This is part two of a three-part series. Thanks for being here. This has been really fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hi, everyone. One message about what you're listening to, because there are two different audiences for everything that we do now. We have had a podcast for the last few years called the Bees Knees Podcast, and some of you are listening to that right now saying, yeah, thanks, PJ. Got it. I'm listening to your podcast. What else do I need to know? I'll tell you, what else you need to know is that there's another way to consume these wonderful interviews and content that we create, and that is Knee Radio One, a 24-7, seven-day-a-week, on-all-the-time knee broadcast. It's a radio station on the internet, internet radio, they call it, and we have a collection of interviews bundled into different shows that run all the time on Knee Radio One. You can find that broadcast simply by going to knee-radio-the-numeral-one.com, knee-radio-one.com, and right on that homepage of that website, you can read all about it, and you can also push play and listen to the broadcast. The Bees Knees Podcast comes to you from our studio in Lower Manhattan, New York City. We're here week in and week out shedding light on all aspects of knee surgery and recovery. To reach us, send an email to thebeesneespodcast at gmail.com.